What makes us shy away? Meet the empathy roadblocks. Fear of doing the wrong thing. Oh, God, what if I make it worse? We feel pressure to cure the situation with the perfect gesture, and if we fail, we fear we'll ruin a relationship or just embarrass ourselves. Fear of saying the wrong thing. We don't know if we are supposed to know certain things. We don't want to make someone feel like the source of gossip. We don't want to bring up negative feelings if someone wasn't thinking about that awful thing that happened. If we're not really close to the person, for example, a coworker, we might feel like it's not our place to help and that when we do, we'll say something that makes them feel worse. Fear of not having time and or bandwidth. We're busy, life is crazy, and we don't want to commit to more than we can handle. We're not sure how much of a commitment this stuff involves. Good news, we're making it harder than it needs to be. One day, while in the car on the way to preschool, Kelsey's young daughter, Georgia, piped up from the back seat. Mom, what do you actually do for a living? Kelsey paused, trying to come up with an answer. Well, Kelsey said, I help friends be there for each other when they are sad. Oh, said Georgia, that's easy. Oh, really, said Kelsey. What would you say to help someone in need? Then Georgia rattled off this list. I'm sorry, do you want to play with me? Do you want to take a little break? Do you want a little hug? Take a minute to listen to that short list again, and consider that Georgia just blew up the notion that helping isn't an ability we're born with or a skill we naturally pick up between learning to tie our shoes and figuring out a glue stick. Sadly, something happens as we grow up. We change from being completely unselfconscious and intuitive about how to comfort someone to being self-doubting, freaked-out messes. How did we get here? We believe it comes down to what Aaron T. Beck, widely considered the founder of cognitive psychology, describes as our two main fears. One, I am unlovable. And two, I am incompetent. That about covers it, doesn't it? We've all felt the emotional sting when our overtures of friendship are rejected, our intentions are misunderstood, or our attempts at being kind are disregarded. These little hurts start on the playground and build up over a lifetime. We've all had the feeling of being unable to connect and, buried deep below that, considered the universal questions that gnaw at us. Am I just incapable of connection? Can I even do this? Is there something wrong with me? And as we all know, doubts like these remind us of our limitations. So often, we try and play it safe by avoiding this situation altogether. When someone is in a difficult time that we don't understand, the stakes can feel pretty high, and it's really, really tempting to avoid the risk of failure entirely, especially when we are not sure if trying will help. But here's the thing. You can pretend to be somebody who doesn't make mistakes, but A, that's impossible, and B, it's not actually all that supportive. Because when we're feeling vulnerable and scared, who do we immediately want to turn to? It probably isn't the person we know whose life appears to be perfect, we go to the person we trust, and this has very little to do with perfection. Often it's the opposite. If we really want to have authentic connections with others, then we need to talk about two kinds of psychological baggage we tend to carry around, which make us completely self-conscious about our capacity to connect with people. One, guilt about how we've let others down. And two, resentment about being let down by others in the past. The resulting beliefs that we are not enough and that others are not enough get in the way of trusting our innate capacities to give. Empathy warm-up. You're good enough, you're smart enough, you know the rest. You've been let down, we all have, but you've let someone down too, and because we're not monsters, we feel guilty about that. 
Guilt can be useful when it reminds us to do better and when it lifts us up to be more responsible, mature people. But when guilt's endgame is simply more guilt with a side of guilt, without ever changing us for the better, then it only drags us down. One way to free ourselves of guilt is simply to accept who we are. There's a good reason the internet is plastered with quotes about this. Kelsey can feel guilty every time she gets a scone with her morning coffee, or she can accept that she likes, needs, a deliciously carby reward for making it out of bed and grooming herself most mornings, and that with middle age fast approaching, her college body is a thing of the past. It feels really grown up in a good way when we accept things about ourselves, like not wearing heels, not liking whiskey, or not wanting to tell the cab driver our life story on the way to the airport. Then we can relax into who we really are and stop using up energy on things that don't matter. I will never drink enough water. I wear the same pants a lot. I don't care about wine. I totally don't get sushi. I think dogs are annoying. I love shows.